Welcome to The Kingstonian, a podcast that profiles individuals who are passionate about what they do for a living, about what organization they belong to, or simply passionate about the community they are a part of. Hello everyone, my name is Dave Cunningham. There is no doubt that COVID-19 has had a major impact on food insecurity across our city. Even before the pandemic, many organizations were providing regular, nutritious meals to those who needed them. Over the last several months, a new reality has forced these groups to adapt. One such establishment is Martha's Table. I'm sure you've heard the name, but let's dig deeper and speak with a woman passionate about the work she does as their executive director. My guest is Rhonda Candy. Rhonda, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me and Martha's here today. We are going to talk about Martha's Table and your involvement in the organization. But for those people who may have heard the name in various news stories or on social media, tell us what Martha's Table is all about. Martha's Table is a community meal program, and our goal is to feed people that are food insecure, hungry, in need, no questions asked. So we have a facility at 629 Princess Street, and we've been serving since 1997, um, and we've evolved, and now we're serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We have a social center called the Friendship Room, and that space is where people can relax, recharge, Big plans, connect, socialize, there's computers, telephones, workshops, uh, classes, and so on, benefiting, you know, their uh, music class, computer classes, and so on. So um, Martha's is really a, a place where people can gather, get services and connections that are going to benefit them and keep them healthy and part of an active community. Is the format like a restaurant? Is that what it looks like inside, aside from the meeting rooms that you may have off to the side? Yes. Pre-pandemic, we served a restaurant-style meal. So um, the guests would come in and get seated, and a server comes up and brings uh, the starter, which is either a soup or a salad, the main entree, and dessert, coffee, and tea are served. And uh, we do breakfast and lunch informally in the social center. The folks that work there, are they uh, volunteers or are they paid people or how does that all work? We actually have both, Dave. We have a yep. small and mighty crew of staff <laughs> <laughs> and we have been busy uh, during the pandemic, but um, we have over 30 volunteers every day coming into the facility. So um, there's a lot of people that give up their time and their energy enthusiasm to make this happen. Okay. Yeah, they're great folks. We'll talk a little bit more about the volunteers a bit later on in the program. Tell us how the governance of the organization works. Is it independent or is it part of the city's social network or how does that all work? We're very proud to say that we are independent. We are not affiliated with any agency. Um, we are a standalone organization that relies totally on the community for their support. So um, it's, it's a, is something that we, we work on every day to maintain those connections in the community, but we are standalone. The funding for the organization would be primarily cash donations, or do you get donations of food as well? We get donations of food and uh, different kinds of items like supplies, even sometimes paper towel and soap. Um, however, um, it's, it's probably 60% cash and 40% what we call in-kind donations. Okay. 
Now the question, how did you come to be a part of Martha's Table? Well, you know, I worked in offices, um, uh, some retail in my early career, but mainly in, in corporate world. And um, we were working in Toronto and decided we were coming back to our hometown, Kingston. And I thought, well, the same opportunities don't exist. And I was kind of done with sitting uh, in an office and went to culinary college to retrain. So I have that behind me now. And I worked in the field for a few years. And then I heard about Martha's Table um, and connected. And I've been here ever since, over 10 years. So do, do you do any uh, work in the kitchen when you're there? Or are you primarily in your office? <laughs> You know, yes. Uh, initially, I did a lot of work in the kitchen um, uh, every single day. Um, but it's we've gotten to the point where we're really, um, I don't think they even want me in the kitchen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they do such a good job, Dave, um, and they coordinate their time. And I'm here to support if needed. So, right. so we're, we're, as I say, we're fortunate to have a great team. One of the questions I always ask people is, what is... Describe your passion for being there. What is it that really turns you on about being a part of Martha's Table? Yeah. Well, you know what? It's the people. And that's, um, you know, you could leave it as simple as that, but it's really deeper than that. My first two weeks on the job, I don't have a social service background at all. Um, my first two weeks on the job, a young boy came in, I mean, six, seven years old with his mother. And he had this little mason jar of money. And he said, here. He handed it up to me and he said, I got this instead of birthday presents and I'm giving it to Martha's. I'll tell you, if nothing else connects you to a mission, seeing that those little eyes looking at you, trusting, handing over money instead of getting birthday presents, it really struck me and made an impact very early on in my career here at Martha's um, that people care. People want to donate, they want to participate, and they will do um what they can and what's in their ability and their time and their, their uh, financial ability. So connecting with the people using the program is also important to us because if you can, you know, you say you're here to make an impact yourself, but the reward is, is um, unexpected. You know, somebody says, Hey, thanks for that. Or nice day. Nice seeing you Rhonda or, or you know, crew. Um, you build connections over time. I know people now by name, not statistics, not 60% male, 40% female and seniors. Um, it's, it's Bob, it's Tammy, it's Tina, right? It's, it's those connections. And I, I want to know how Tina's doing. I want to know how Bob's doing. Um, so it's personal and, and, um, it's, as they say, it's more than just saying the people. It's, it's everybody involved. It's inspiring, the, the caring that people show. I have a front row seat to mm -hmm. the generosity of our city. Who's going to give that seat up? I mean, I love it. You know, it's people um, are inspiring. When we talk about the type of people who are coming in to take advantage of the services offered by Martha's Table, let's talk about those people that would be coming in prior to the pandemic. So these would be homeless folks? We do have homeless people visit, um, people that are housing insecure. So they may be staring, staying at a friend's house or maybe in a hotel. We have people that are housed, but um, they're on social supports um, and it's just not enough to meet their needs financially. So they need to offset their income with the meals during the week or the month. Um, and senior citizens and students. 
a lot of students are here and they have a, a tight budget just like anybody else. Um, and, and many people will volunteer if they're able and the um, volunteers all sit down at the end of the shift and have a meal. So that's one way people can, can have access to a meal. And we encourage participation that way as well. So everyone visits, there's many people that are newly unemployed and they, they weren't expecting to be in need of meal services. And it's, it's hard from to, to cross that, that hurdle. And we try to make it as comfortable as, as possible. You talked a little bit about the services that you offer over and above providing food and meals. Let's talk a little bit about a couple of those services in a bit more detail that you do provide uh, to folks who come in. Well, I think first and foremost, what comes to my mind after just your recent question is um, being able to say hello to somebody. Mm -hmm. Having a contact in your day is something that we really focus on. We want people to know that um, they're welcome in our space and there's no judgment. So we, we like to offer that every day. Over and above that, we have computers and telephone. Um, we have Wi-Fi if people have their own device they want to use. Um, we have guitars um, if they want to play a song. Um, we have music class, again, all pre-pandemic. Computer classes, um, art classes. Um, we were putting in place workshops. We had vaccination clinics. So things that were going to benefit people um, Oh, we had ID clinics um, so people could get help replacing identification. So anything that's going to benefit people um, and, and help them direct their resources in ways that they're um, needed, um, we're, we're going to do it. There are some of these services that you've just talked about that are being provided by other groups, other associations in town. Is there any kind of coordination that you folks do with those other groups in town? Um, we, we try to stay aware of what each other are doing. Um, and you have to consider, too, the geographical locations of each one have a big mm -hmm. impact on who's going where because so many people walk to our facility and other facilities. So if we're not within walking distance, they may need to go, um, not by choice, but they may have uh, limited options and they go to the other location. Um, you know, there's a lot of places that have been around for a while, like St. Vincent de Paul and Lunch by George um, and Martha's were the three main food providers. And, you know, they all have their areas. Like St. Vincent de Paul, they have clothing and household items, which people know um, that they can go and access those things when needed. Now, Martha's will also give out coats of boots, but it'll be seasonal, mm -hmm. right? So where St. Vincent has the... Um, program to facilitate uh, a broader reach will have that that emergency supply mm -hmm. so it's not like we're duplicating entirely it's just we're more of an emergency backup for lunch by george they offer different things at different times of year as well so i don't feel like there's a lot of duplication uh dave in the community um it's more separated by distance right yeah which makes sense we're going to take a break from our conversation and play the song that you asked us to play. So why don't you tell us what the song is and why you chose it? I chose, I think it's a classic, John Lennon's Imagine. Um, it just speaks to me of the challenges and the dream of something better. And uh, that's what we're trying to offer our folks here is um, moving forward in a positive way and improving their days. Let's give a listen. This is John Lennon and Imagine. Imagine that 
The song is called Imagine. That was John Lennon, the choice of our guest today, Rhonda Candy, who is the executive director at Martha's Table. And we are going to change our focus a little bit and bring us up to date and talk a little bit about the impact that the pandemic has had on your establishment. So I would assume there has been increased demand and you've had to adapt to the way you handle stuff, correct? Yes and yes. Um, <laughs> definitely increased demand. Um, and the way we deal with it has changed dramatically as well. It was so hard for us on March 17th to close our doors to the public because that's something that is part of our mission. Mm-hmm. I can't talk enough about the social interaction and um, getting to know people and connecting. So that's, that was gone. And we had to deal with that and still do our best to meet the needs of people using the services. Um, so staff really pulled together and worked hard. I mean, really, really hard. It was physical and demanding and, um, look, we're so fortunate. Everyone was dedicated to making it succeed. And we did, um, as time progressed, we felt comfortable enough as we learned more about how the pandemic or the virus itself was spreading. Um, and how people were managing it safely, we welcomed some volunteers back into our space, but a very limited number. We have 25 now in an entire week where we had 30 in a day. So big, big changes. Um, and we're only doing takeout meals. So that was something that we've um, totally different um, outreach for us. Um, and of course, you know, we're, we're doing what we can with that. And we're looking forward to different ways we can reach to our, our, the people that need it the most. Mm-hmm. Are you doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner? No, we okay. are just doing uh, meals between 11 and one. Okay. Yeah. So the it's very night. limited. And, and that was mainly driven by, um, time to prepare the meals and serve them fresh and keep our staff and volunteers as, as well as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, meet the needs of those coming to our services. In terms of the number of people showing up uh, between 11 and 1 to take advantage, now, did you do takeout stuff before? No. Okay. This is entirely new. So what about the number of people showing up between 11 and 1? I would well, imagine it, it's pretty concentrated and pretty pretty busy. It is. It is. We've, we've, we're always tweaking our processes and streamlining it to move people through quickly. Um, so no one's in line very long. Um, but we are, um, 
serving more meals in those two hours than we did in an entire day right now. So, okay. so it's definitely concentrated. So if that gives you the snapshot, breakfast, lunch, and dinner snacks for a whole day, we're doing that between 11 and one. So as the weather, um, allowed, we put up, um, an outside patio with tables and some uh, shade tents for people to relax in a safe way, socialize, have their meals. Um, and then as the cold weather came along, we winterized our patio and our, um, we now heat it with a propane outdoor heater. So mm -hmm. people can still that need it, sit down and enjoy their meal. So um, we're trying to adapt our services as we go and as things evolve and change, we're trying to stay with it and meet the needs as they grow. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yes, yes. Exactly. Yes, and we might continue that outdoor patio in the summers forever, like who knows? I think mm -hmm. it was a great idea, yeah. So the winter thing is working out okay so far? So as far. As long as I mean, it's not a lot of snow. Yeah, it's not yeah. ideal. It's still always going to be cooler in the tent, but it does get quite warm in there. Um, but it's limited space. That's the challenge for us. Only a few people can be in there at a time. So, yeah. Now, you are open seven days a week now as opposed to five? That's another way we evolved. Exactly. Um, about a week into the pandemic, after March 17th, we said, listen, this is something we've always wanted to do. This is the catalyst. We made it happen. We just jumped in. Mm -hmm. There was no real planning. We just, let's make it happen. And here we are uh, all these months later. And again, this is something that's going to remain post-pandemic as well. And it's working out. It's working out well. Sunday, in fact, might be our busiest day of the week. I, I read somewhere where, well, actually, it was a note that you sent me is where I read it, is that as of yesterday, you are starting something different, which is door-to-door -door delivery of meals. We are. Tell us We're about really, that. really excited about that. Really so much uh, um, happy to, to share the news because it's something that we've wanted to do for a while because we know that there are people that just can't get to our facility. Again, that geographical area, the distance that people have to walk to get here can be challenging. Add to that a pandemic with a contagious, crazy contagious virus. There's more people at risk. So what we're doing is sourcing the most vulnerable people, people that can't get here. They have no options, um, uh, little support systems, but they need the, the bonus of our new, uh, affordable, nutritious meals. So we're sourcing those people and we're putting them on our, our route and we're delivering meals directly to their door. And those are the same fabulous, hot, nutritious meals that we're serving every day at Martha's Table at no charge, all run by volunteer crews at this point. So that's what I was just going to ask you. So the delivery people are volunteers. Yes. Yes. And we're running um, two people um, in a team. So one can drive, one sits in the back, and then we'll deliver the meal. So mm -hmm. we're trying to streamline it so it's fast and efficient. No one goes inside um, for safety. Um, and we get the meals where they need to go. And so no happy charge. to roll this out. Yeah, no charge. Excellent. Excellent. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Lionhearts, which is an organization that basically I think has been around since last spring, late last winter. And basically they do some similar things to what you are doing, but they tend to run pop-up uh, sites, if you will, around town and out of town. What's the relationship, if any, between the two of you? 
Well, there is a relationship. Um, Lionheart started um, similar to Loving Spoonful. If you're familiar with that group, they reclaim food and salvage food from gardens, row a row. Lionheart was doing the same thing in addition to connecting with restaurants and collecting um, food and, and cycling it off to agencies that needed it. So when the pandemic was declared, they thought, you know what, there's really going to be a need for meals <clears throat> to be prepared and, and provided. And that's when they decided they would run their pop-up locations. So they had the three locations in our area. And they were putting through a large volume of, of meals. And um, we have coordinated um, off and on. It's an informal collaboration at this point. And if we have an abundance of something, I'll call them up and say, hey, do you need some sliced meat? And they'll mm -hmm. say, yes. And they'll call up and say, do you need dehydrated vegetables? Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, we share. Um, they've been generous with water, um, especially during the summer. Um, uh, in the, it was very hot this summer. And many of our folks were suffering in that as they walked to Martha's. So um, having water was really vital. Um, in that circumstance, and they helped with that. So they're doing a lot of good work. The other connection that I see between the two of you is in fundraising. And uh, I mention that because Jay Smith, who is a local performer, singer, songwriter, and as a matter of fact, uh, he and I are looking to book a time to sit down and do the same thing that I'm doing with you. And I noticed on his website, he is doing some stuff to, in, to benefit both Martha's Table and Lionheart's. So I guess we should talk a little bit about fundraising and how you generate that cash that you need to do what you are doing. And one of them is a car raffle, the draw for which is coming up at the end of this month, correct? December 31st, um, we are raffling a, a vehicle. We did a, an early bird with some collector bicycles. Um, so those are gone to the lucky winner. And uh, the car is December 31st, 11 a.m. And this Raffle Dave is replacing our, our main event um, that we usually do in the in the fall empty bowls because that's a very social event in close quarters um, we couldn't run the, the fundraiser so uh, this is intended to replace that so we're hopeful that we can sell it's only 6,000 tickets um, so if we can sell that that will be a wonderful offset to the loss of income to our budget. So how about some details on the raffle? How much are the tickets and where can people pick them up? <laughs> We've still got a few weeks before the draw. Yes, yes. And your odds are going to be great if you do choose to buy a ticket. They're $20 each. And you can get tickets right here at Martha's Table. If you buy a few tickets, um, uh, we can mail them to you. Um, we're trying to keep um, people safe at all aspects of our um, processes here all day, every day. So you can get the tickets mailed to you. Um, we can take a picture of them and email it to you. You can come to the side door and pick them up, whatever you prefer. You can pay with Visa, MasterCard, check, or cash. What are we raffling off? Oh my goodness, I'm sorry, I thought you said that. The exciting part is a 2020 Kia Forte. So it's a, it's a great vehicle and it's got a lot of nice little features on it. It's got a backup camera, lane assist features. It's um, a lovely car to drive around um, and I think it's got a great safety rating and uh, it's purchased from our local dealer, um, Kia, just in the west end of the city. So mm -hmm. lots of support here for service and maintenance on that vehicle. So um, again, only 6,000 tickets are being sold. So whoever is the lucky winner, I think they're going to get a nice vehicle as a prize. 
And that's been a big change too for organizations looking to do fundraising. They've had to try and come up with something different because a lot of their traditional methods of raising money are no longer uh, available to them during this pandemic. So I'm glad that you've got this particular thing on the go and hopefully people will sell out or buy out all the tickets that are left. They're making great stocking stuffers. You know, it's it's a $20 gift and it's it's seasonal and right after Christmas, the draw is going to be done. Perfect. The other thing I saw on a post on Facebook was the Community Climate Action Fund. And I know that you are looking to benefit from the proceeds raised uh, from that fund. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, we're excited to have the opportunity to be part of this climate fund because um, we've just launched our meal delivery program. And what we want to do is purchase an electric vehicle to use for our deliveries. So we're going to be putting on thousands and thousands of kilometers a year. So um, we're going to be crossing the city from end to end every single day. And we want to reduce our carbon emissions and our footprint. We want to just make sure we're helping Kingston be a smart and livable city. Like I love Kingston. Mm-hmm. So happy to be back in town. Um, and to that end, this electric vehicle would help us uh, participate in the city's goal and be an affordable way to um, deliver our meals. Now, as I understand it, this particular fund is something that people can contribute to. And it's designed to come up with ways to uh, reduce our carbon footprint in the city in different ways. And this vehicle would be one way of doing so. Yeah, that's right. Excellent. Uh, I want to wrap up with a quick uh, conversation, not a, necessarily a, uh, an afterthought, but something that is very important to you and your organization, and that's the volunteers who come out and help you out. And tell me about your passion for the folks that come out and help you out every day. You know, it's it's long and deep. We, our, our volunteers are amazing. Um, they are so inspiring. Their dedication and caring, their commitment to helping others it's what keeps me coming back every day. I mean, I've been here for more than 12 years and it's the people that I get to interact with, um, be it the guests, but the volunteers are there. They don't get to do all the fun jobs here. There's dirty jobs at Martha's and Mm -hmm. everyone just rolls up their sleeves and jumps in where needed. Kingston and Kingstonians are so kind and thoughtful. It's, um, it's a privilege to work with them. That's how, how strongly I feel about it. I'm here to support them in their role of serving others. That's what I do. And if they can come in and, and impact our community, I'm going to get them the tools and the training and the space to do it. That's what our volunteers are afforded here at Martha's Table. Just inspiring folks, really good people, um, doing what they can to make a positive impact. Just impressive. As someone who's been involved in several different volunteer organizations for a long time, we all know that probably the biggest task to undertake in those organizations is to find volunteers to come out and be a part of your organization. So congratulations to you and to the folks that help you out every day. And I want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us and all the best going forward. And reminder to people to buy the tickets for that car raffle, the draw coming up on December 31st. Rhonda, thank you very much. Thank you very much for helping spread the word about Martha's. Much appreciated. Again, our thanks to Rhonda Candy, the executive director of Martha's Table. And a reminder that the draw for the raffle on the Kia Forte takes place December 31st. 
For details, go to their website, marthastable.ca. Comments and suggestions can be directed to our Facebook page called simply The Kingstonian, the podcast. Theme music for the program is Stasis Oasis, written and performed by Kingston musician Tim Aylesworth. This podcast is produced through CFRC Radio at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, situated on the traditional territories of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. My name is Dave Cunningham. Join us next time for The Kingstonian, the podcast. Thank you for listening.